sipping whiskey and we get a little frisky. I climb up on him, ride him like an F-150. Got me hooting and hollering and begging him for more. Dixon Dallas is absolutely my queer therapy this week. Welcome back to Queer Therapy. Okay, besides the genuine attraction that I have to Dixon Dallas right now, there's actually a part of listening to country queer music that is extremely healing for me. <laughs> I listened to a podcast, not a podcast, a interview with Dixon Dallas, and he said that his music is basically a fuck you to his past and to his childhood. And listen, baby, I can 100% identify with that. <laughs> As a product of the South and a Southern boy myself, I grew up with country music and it's still a part of who I am, I think. I still listen to it and I know it's problematic and there's a lot of bullshit that goes on there that I do not agree with, obviously, but it feels like a cultural thing that is just a part of me. So to hear it performed through the lens of a queer person is actually like genuinely healing something in me. I was like messaging my friend recently about it and... I was like, is this what it feels like to listen to country music as a straight person? Because I actually never knew. <laughs> um, and like, I just enjoyed it, um, you know, imagining roles were reversed or something like I was a woman. But hearing a country man talk about another man this way is like doing something for me. So y'all should listen. Dixon Dallas. Um, yeah. So I am going to get into another one of my queer therapy sessions and... This week I wrote a longer um, note about it, which is actually pretty vulnerable, so get prepared for that if you continue to listen. So I'll be reading that soon, but I wanted to dive deeper into the Dixon Dallas thing a little bit more because it actually is a genuine queer therapy healing moment for me right now strangely um maybe not strangely but it's more impactful than like just a fun country song i guess and it's going deeper um into like emotions i've been feeling lately of not fitting in and essentially belonging slash assimilation it's also something i brought up in my most recent queer therapy session with dr matthews it's not what i'm going to be talking about today in my written post journal but it's something that is just currently on my mind, especially with the release of some of Dixon Dallas's songs. So it feels relevant and important to talk about. It also relates to where I'm living currently and certain communities and groups of friends that are pretty prominent and prevalent around here. And I guess I just wanted to offer a perspective that I'm experiencing and that I know a lot of my queer friends also experience that I know a lot of these people probably don't even know happens because they're essentially just following the system that was presented to them and essentially rules their entire lives. Yes, I'm talking about straight people following the patriarchy. <laughs> I've recently been finding myself desiring to <laughs> become a part of certain groups, especially surrounding sports that include a lot of straight men and a lot of straight men from the church that's really big around here called Bethel. I typically like never really give a shit about being in any of those groups and friends with straight men, but it's been coming back around lately in a way that's kind of confusing and that prompted a therapy session for me. I feel like there's this interesting dichotomy right now, especially in my life, but I think in greater society, where queers have just basically been fed up with the way that straight society behaves and just how exclusive that sort of um, culture has become. And in my case, and many of the queer people I know, we've just decided to kind of separate ourselves from that straight community. 
and form our own community on the outside. And I mean, it's evidenced in things like the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer and how things are so split down the middle. This may not be the perfect analogy for the social dynamics I'm experiencing, but from my perspective, the Barbie movie represents what's happening in straight culture right now, where the left and right are fighting about basic topics that should be foundational for human rights, and I'm watching on the sidelines with an issue that isn't even up for debate yet, or at least one that isn't even viewed as valid enough to be discussed without one side using dehumanizing language. I asked my close friend once, who still attends Bethel, what the landscape looks like in terms of queer rights in the church, and if there was, was any movement on the topic in the three to four year span I'd been outside the community. She said she wasn't sure because no one in church even discusses the topic. She said they're barely ready to acknowledge their misogyny or racism, so the gay topic isn't even on the table. Like, I went to see Barbie with my sister, and people literally got up and left. Like... <laughs> They made like one joke about masculinity and people legitimately got up and left and did not come back. Which is funny because they're kind of missing the entire point of Barbie, which I don't even agree with. I think from a feminist perspective, Barbie was amazing, but by and large it was extremely pro-binary and that part was somewhat confusing to me. You know, to each their own, it's kind of difficult to be a perfect movie nowadays, but there were issues with it that I don't think people are really talking about. Um, but anyway, I think the things I've been experiencing are not unique to me, and they're definitely not unique to my town, although they are definitely heightened here because things are extremely conservative and focused on the binary slash straight life, I would say. But I brought this up in my queer therapy session because I realized that I have this need to essentially be able to exist slash occupy any space that I want. And I was kind of deep diving into that need because I, I do understand that as a white cis male, I'm probably just frustrated that I don't have all of the power that I could because I'm not straight. And so... Maybe I'm just frustrated because there's this one little pesky thing that's keeping me from having all the power, and that annoys me. But at the same time, our perspectives are so different that the question still remains, how do these two communities come together and coexist when it feels like one side is continually dehumanizing the other? And it's not just about sexuality, it's really about culture and belief system. But still, there's that intrinsic thing in me that is just, I'm like, why can't I be a part of that group? Why can't I have any friend that I want? Why are there people that are so anti? <laughs> like, it's just strange and part of my denial, I think. With that being said, I think there's parts of me like this, the sport side and just the outgoing slash social side of me that wants to just view every human as positive and good and possible like for friendship you know the possibility of friendship exists within them but i'm i'm as i'm like existing in these different spaces those possibilities are screaming at me that it's not possible <laughs> um and that only parts of me are are wanted in those spaces and so I just wanted to talk about that in the context of experiencing these Dixon Dallas yes I'm tying it all back these Dixon Dallas songs because I think I'm realizing like as I'm trying to enter these spaces there's always something missing that I don't fully recognize until later or at least until now I guess and my my therapy session that's mirrored in the way I was raised with kind of this absence of 
recognition and support slash affirmation of who I actually am versus what society is forcing me to try to be or trying to force me to be. Um, For example, country music. Like, country music is so exclusionary in so many different ways and that whole culture of like, you know, try try that in a small town vibes. It's very fucked up. Like, I'm well aware of that. But I think growing up, it was like this idea that I can and should be that was always present. And there was a question mark as to why I don't feel like I am that inside. The way that country music and honestly all music, you know, most music that exists presents itself is in the binary. Like, it's a man talking about a woman or a woman talking about a man. And it's all about love and that sort of pointing towards marriage, pointing towards that sort of family unit that specifically the patriarchy is kind of pushing on us, and it does not recognize the repercussions of that. I mean, there's so many repercussions of of patriarchy and the binary that, that we really don't talk about. Like, I don't know, we can get into all of the feminist things like women labor that is just completely not paid for, but like, I feel so unrepresented and, but unknowingly so. And then when Dixon Dallas comes out with songs that feel like they more so represent me, I'm I'm like, wow, I didn't know how unrepresented and how kind of like looked over and forced into this weird binary system slash, I keep saying binary, but I mean, I mean the binary, but I really mean patriarchy and capitalism. Like I'm forced into this Western social norm that really doesn't fit me. And I didn't know that it didn't fit me. But then when I see something that does fit me, it becomes very apparent that those other things really don't fit me. And so I've just been, as my queer therapy this week, listening nonstop to Dixon Dallas with my windows down in a very conservative and scary town where men drive giant, dri- men drive giant trucks with Trump flags off the back and American flags as well off the back, <laughs> probably with guns in the in their back seat, literally everything in the back, <laughs> tons of terrifying sticker like bumper stickers and obviously vote for trump you know hate hate the fags and hate black people (sighs) but here i am listening to you know this music that is like extremely contrary and it just for some reason it feels empowering (laughs) and it feels healing to me so that's been my queer therapy and i think y'all should try it too even if you're a straight person because I don't know, just imagine if that if that was the only music you had <laughs> and you had to try to relate to it somehow. I think that would be cute. Most of my girlies can do it. So let's see if my my straight men who are listening to this can as well. <laughs> if you're a straight man listening to this, then message me. <laughs> Slide in my DMs, baby. I'm just kidding. I respect myself far too much at the moment. <laughs> But I think it's small things like this that help me to feel like I'm fighting back against that culture that seems to always want to exclude me no matter how hard I try to become a part of it. And maybe my ultimate therapy is to realize that I'm never going to be a part of it and that is kind of the point. But a small part of me is definitely sad about that because I don't like the idea that I have to separate myself from any human in order to exist. And my hope one day is obviously that things will change and I won't have to feel this way in any space, but it's there's something about recognizing that that is what's happening now and doing small things like recognizing your queer therapy and specifically pursuing it 
um, in the midst of all of this hate and, you know, even passive um, unacceptance is powerful and it's important for especially queer people to do those things for themselves in order to uh you know sustain ourselves so but yeah all this to say next week my session with my therapist is going to be talking about why i so vehemently hate straight men um because i think that's probably not the good like the best thing for me for my insides and it like kind of affects my life so I probably should stop that um, because, you know, we're all humans just trying to make it on Earth. And like I said in the intro pod, it really, really is not queer people who are like struggling individually in terms of like psychologically and within community. Like, I mean, okay, we really are. We are struggling. Lots of us are depressed. (laughs) You know, there's all that all that shit is happening. But I guess I'm trying to point out that like the system that that was created from our past is actually affecting all of us and we don't just have to accept it. Like, I, I don't know, I saw a TikTok recently that said that like showed how the difference between boys' perception of their friendships changes between the ages of like 12 to 18. And, you know, somewhere along the, the way, they're told that to have a close friendship equals them being gay. And that's just like the horrors, right? So, but that feels really sad to me because I can't imagine living a life without close friendships. And that's really what my true queer therapy is. It's all my close close friendships and community that we've created that honestly s- sustains us. So just take a little think on that, you straight people. Um, okay, and I'm going to get into my, my last queer therapy session just as a little, a little fun, interesting thingy for you to follow along with as a series, kind of. I'm going to try to do this like most most of the podcasts so um without further ado here is my queer therapy session number two i can't fully remember what we talked about this session it feels the way most of my trauma does in my mind kind of covered but also there behind some murk and clouds i guess that means we probably talked about some of the more traumatizing events in my life we went over my adopted siblings we talked about how my family adopted my cousins when i was six years old and how i had adamantly told my parents i didn't want to adopt them even when i was six i was so serious about that because i saw how it had ruined our family even in the few short months they'd been with us my adopted brother and sister were extremely abused and mistreated by their birth mother her boyfriends their biological dads and stepdads since they were born my dad the abuser was his sister knew that his sister had had a couple new kids since the four she had originally dropped off at her parents house some years prior but he hadn't fully been certain about the circumstances at least that's what i was told when i was like six two of those four have unalived themselves in the last three years the most recent being about six months ago actually on my birthday that's been really tough and a lot to work through but not the topic of this therapy session (laughs) I do remember somewhat frequent calls from my aunt, the abuser, specifically from jail, where she'd plead with my father for any money or other help that he could offer. That's actually how he originally found out that my cousins existed. One day she'd called and said she would be in jail for the next 30 days and could we go to New Bern where they lived and pick up her kids while she was being held. My dad said yes. Dr. Matthews connected the fact that I essentially had to grow up from the age six on. Focus shifted from me and my biological sisters to the new additions to the family, and I guess I felt like I had to take care of the unity of our family for some reason. That thought now makes me puke a little, but I did feel that way back then. I related that isolating feeling, that confusion of roles and misunderstandings, specifically about not wanting to adopt my cousins, to being gay. 
I didn't connect it to being gay in a way that said my trauma made me that way. Instead, I said that feeling of being rejected and not listened to and of being told that safety and honesty was present when it really wasn't reminded me of my experience growing up gay. I started telling Dr. Matthews about some of the sozos and deliverance sessions I'd done trying to get the gay demons out of me, but we didn't really go into extreme detail there. I'm sure we will later. <laughs> Instead, we focused on the idea I feel I've been holding that knowing I was gay at around age 4 or 5, which was before my cousins came into our life, was somehow perverted. I think I'd been told that if I feel I could identify my sexuality at such a young age, it must be because I was sexualized at that age, which perverted my development. He told me that this developmental timeline is actually quite normal, though, from the research, and that while not a fully formed sexuality, children at the age of five or even four can begin to develop proclivities and tendencies or extreme interests towards one or another gender. I feel that's what describes my experience, because it has always been more of like a like compared to a dislike and a specific uncomfortability depending on gender. He really drove home the point that... Even if there was sexual abuse, it wouldn't really affect sexuality, and the research doesn't show that sexual abuse leads to a change in sexuality. That also sets up the before and after framework, which is what I always believed, that I started out not gay, and then something happened, and then I became gay, because that's what I was told. I'm gonna leave it there for now. That was session two of my queer therapy, and... Um, just thinking about what my queer therapy was this week really just gives myself some empathy for how I was raised and my childhood. Um, I think a lot of the time I'll try to minimize my own trauma by focusing on other people's trauma and comparing my own to theirs and showing that theirs is worse than mine. But I was actually talking to a friend the other day and I think I realized that that absolutely is also part of my denial. You know, the worst trauma for any given person is their worst trauma. So it's actually unfair to compare. Of course, we can recognize privilege and point out who is more privileged than the next person. But at the end of the day, I think it's a disservice to ourselves and to the rest of the world if we don't actually work through the trauma that genuinely impacted our lives. So that's the practice I'm doing this week and right now in my life, and it's also another form of my queer therapy. So thank you so much for listening to episode two, and I really pre appreciate you if you've listened to the first one as well. Thank you so much for being here. Please let me know what your queer therapy is this week, and I'll talk to you later. Hee <laughs> hee.